Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Our guest today is Allie, or not your average engineer, on TikTok and Instagram. She's a licensed construction engineer in Colorado, working in the road and bridge sector. Allie's not only a leader in the field, but she's very visible as an advocate on social media for women and minorities in construction. Her TikTok page, Not Your Average Engineer, brings up important issues that women deal with in these industries, bringing them to the forefront of community awareness. She's also mom to a toddler and challenges some of these assumptions that people make about parenthood on her social media as well. Welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, Allie. Hi, Emily. Thank you for having me. Allie, your TikTok really caught our attention because... It's about your experience in the construction industry, but the significant thing is you're not afraid to delve into sensitive topics. And at the same time, you also have a lot of fun with it. You have like a variety of things that you cover on your TikTok. Yeah. So Ali, let's start by learning about you. Where did you study? University of Illinois, Chicago. I graduated there in 2014. Yeah. Less than a year after I graduated, I then decided to just impulsively move out to Colorado with my now husband and haven't looked back since. I've been with the same company that moved me out here since then. They've been a great company to work for. I've really started to move up in that too. And it's been really awesome out here. So, okay. You said you impulsively moved out to Colorado, but your company moved you there. So you knew you had a job, right? Yeah, I had a couple of job offers coming out, but at my interview for the, as I said, for the company that I work for, I just got a really good vibe from there, which is actually something that I kind of wanted to touch on today because getting the right company, especially as a woman in this industry is just outstandingly important in my opinion, at least, because I got an internship as a sophomore in college. I got super lucky. I had a couple of professor recommendations, and I think that's partially why I got an internship. And I actually had a woman boss, and those first two years, I think, that I worked for her were awesome because when she first hired me, she said, my main goal is to keep you in the industry, to keep you interested in engineering, whether that be civil or at the time I was actually wanting to go into chemical engineering and ultimately decided on civil. She really gave me a good vision of what a woman engineer can be. And I really just admired her for that. She also gave me a vision of what a mother could be too, because she actually ended up having a baby while I worked for her. And then I moved on from that job to a more corporate job in a design setting. And that job just didn't vibe with me. I was only there for about six months before I ended up leaving for another job. And that company was great in its own right, but it still wasn't the right fit for me. So I ended up leaving that job also after a year. And that's when I landed my current job. You were studying structural engineering. Is that 
what your major was? Yeah. So, well, at University of Illinois, we had, or at UIC, we had just civil engineering. And then you can kind of specialize in different facets. Like we had a bunch of specialized transportation classes. We had structural classes, things of that nature. I don't think we had any construction classes. Otherwise, I think I would have taken more of those because I I have always had an interest in construction even before I decided to be an engineer. But yeah, so I specialize sort of in structural, but my degree, it says civil engineering on it. Okay. So how did you even get into this field? Was there someone in your family that encouraged you or did you know someone? My dad is an electrical engineer and he used to joke when I was in high school that I was allowed to be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. Those were my options. <laughs> and originally, I, as I said, I started off in chemical engineering and decided civil engineering would have been a better fit for me because it was more general. You can do a lot more things with it and move wherever you wanted to. And that was very important to me to be able to eventually move out of my hometown. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. It's nice to have that freedom with your job of where you live, to choose where you live. So, okay, so you guys are in, so you, you grew up in Illinois then? Yes, yeah. Before I moved out to Colorado, I never really left that 15-mile radius that I grew up in. And so it was, it was quite scary moving out here. And there's a story behind that too. But it was quite scary moving out here, but it was definitely the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> and okay, so you moved out to Colorado for this job. Is this the same job where you were working with the woman who was a great mentor for you? No, that was with a different company, a much larger company that I ultimately decided I wanted to work for a smaller company than that. So this is a different job, but I still do have her on LinkedIn. So we still kind of keep up with each other. Yeah. That's great. Well, I hope she knows how important she was to your career. Now, Allie, so you started though in design. How did you know that you really should be transferring to like being in the field? Because you're actually like in the field with your hard hat, with your steel toe boots, you know, with your high vest. So what, and also like, I'm, I'm wondering what, how, what does your family think about this? Because they wanted you to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, but there's a far cry from like being a lawyer in a suit in the courtroom and being out in the field yeah. with a hard hat. So what does your family think? I don't know what my family really thinks. <laughs> Let's dig in a little bit to some of your videos that you're making on TikTok. You're broaching all these really interesting topics. And some of it is about, I think, educating people about the industry you said something really interesting to me, which was that the woman who was your boss at your first job or one of your first jobs, her main goal was to keep you in the industry. And can you explain that? Why is that so important? Well, so right now, especially over the past, say, 10 years, I think, we've really gotten better at getting the younger women, younger minorities involved or interested in a career in STEM. And now the big challenge is not only getting them to go to school to get a career here, but actually keeping them in the industries because a lot of people get chased out of this industry, 
just STEM in general, not just construction, just STEM in general. They get chased out. They end up going off the rails to a completely different industry. And that's one of my passions is just keeping them here because I almost got chased out. I really wasn't enjoying what I was doing at one point. And I actually was starting to apply for like teaching jobs or teach for America. And when I came out here for my interview with my current company, I ultimately obviously decide to stay. And again, that's based on mentorship and the company that you get with. But also I'm sure there's other ways that we can give more support to young women to make it so that they will stay in instead of getting chased out and leaving. It's such a challenge to get women and minorities who may not feel welcome in certain industries you know, just even into the major to study it, into the trades, into the apprenticeships to start. And then once in, then we have a whole new challenge of like keeping people in and helping them understand that it is a good industry. And it's so important to get more women and minorities in because then we can all then come together and make the industry a better place. And you, you've talked a little bit about that in some of your TikToks. I think some of the ways that it's really helpful through your TikTok page and your Instagram page is you bring up subjects that maybe make women who are in the industry already feel that they're seen and that they are not alone. So for example, you have a really cool video about, I think the song is like, bye, bye, bye. So you're trying to get rid of these concepts, but it's like not voicing your expertise, imposter syndrome, allowing others to speak over you. And it's these issues that come up in our lives and our jobs. and it's just bringing attention to them saying like, we don't have to let these things stay. Like we can acknowledge them and then say, it's okay. We all feel this way in some way in these industries. So like, let's just accept it and get past it. Is that sort of like your purpose behind doing that type of video? Oh yeah, definitely. Just knowing that you aren't alone and we are really building a good little group. There's a couple of mutuals that I really enjoy interacting with on social media, which really just shows the power of social media that it's making all of us feel less isolated in an industry that at least in the US, I don't know if you know this, but for civil engineering, women make up about 17% of civil engineers. And then women in construction make up about 10%. So in person, in real life, I don't meet a lot of women, but on social media, it's been great to be able to interact with other women that feel the same way I do, go through the same things that I do, and we can all work together to better the industry that we are in. It's been really powerful. Yeah, it's so true. And I think some of it is very serious. Like, you know, it's a serious topic. So it's talked about acknowledging the seriousness of the topic and that it's something that we definitely need to address. But then you also have like a lot of really fun videos where it's kind of like making fun of the whole thing. And I think that also has value because it allows us to kind of like connect with each other. And you know how like when you're friends with somebody, you're on the same wavelength and you can make a joke and laugh. It gives you that bond. And I feel like when you make these like videos that are hilarious, <laughs> the one that cracked me up is... The song's like, I could be your fantasy. And then you have yourself like women on site minding their own business. 
And then you have yourself like as a guy on site. And then it says men thinking we want them to give us any sort of compliments. And like, we all know that is interferes in our work and our job, right? And it is a serious topic, but when you make it funny, <laughs> at least we can all like get together, laugh about it. And know that we're not alone, right? Yeah, definitely. It's happened less and less, I think, as I've gotten older. Maybe it's just my demeanor and my confidence has changed, or maybe it's because I straight up look older. I don't look like a 20-year-old anymore. (laughs) So that happens less and less often now. But when it does, it's like, come on, man, we were just having a polite, nice conversation. I can now come back with something it's always kind of awkward, but it's also, you know, we can joke about it now. Can you just, can you just like play that video? Yeah. Can you just like whip out the video on your phone and play it? <laughs> so one of my favorite videos that I did last year was a trending audio. And in the caption, I say, the feminine urge to pretend like you don't understand his unfunny and sexist joke and then make him explain it to you. Uh like, please tell me why that's funny. <laughs> and then watch them just yeah. like squirm away or run away with their tail between their legs is just one of my comebacks that I have used before is, could you explain that to me? Why is that funny? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And does that work? I haven't tried that. Does it work? Oh yeah, it does. It has in the past. But one of my other things, so we have a newer intern that I met last week that is a woman. And I told her that a piece of advice is don't take things personally. If you're going to be in construction, people are going to yell at you. It's kind of a rough industry to be in, but don't take them personally. We are all just out here to make some money. But if somebody is being sexist to you, you should call that out. You shouldn't be afraid to call that out and make them feel uncomfortable and then try and get them to realize what they've done too. And it's hard to call that out, but it is, as you grow older, you have the confidence to be able to call that out. Yeah, that's so important. And one of the other topics that you talk about in your TikTok videos is has to do with being a mom mm-hmm. or being a parent. and how people make assumptions about you when they hear that you're going to have a baby. We face assumptions before we're pregnant because, you, oh, you're going to get pregnant. Once you're pregnant, it's, oh, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. Once you have the baby, you're not going to do this job anymore. You're going to, what, what is it? You're going to go into the office. So how do we combat that? Uh, just by correcting it, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. So when I first got pregnant, I kind of hit it for a little while just because I wasn't sure how everybody would react. And the contractors especially said some rude things to me as they do. But my boss was super supportive, which was great. There was people though that just assumed I would no longer be working in the field and I would just switch over to the office, which just isn't true. And combating that is just saying, no, this is what I'm going to do. This is my career Sure, it will change, but I have a perfectly adequate partner, a a support system that I use, and that's how I get through it. And my husband and I are great together. He is an excellent father to our son. When I have to work, you know, on a Saturday, one of my pet peeves is when somebody asks me, 
oh, is your husband playing Mr. Mom today? Like, no, my husband is being a parent today. He needs no guidance. He's just going to hang out with his son while his wife is at work. (laughs) We need to put the phrase Mr. Mom to bed. Oh, absolutely. It's from, what isn't it from like the 70s or 80s anyway? I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. People are still saying that, but I think people don't even realize, you know, they're, maybe they're trying to be funny, but it's not funny. So, but it reminds me of another one of your videos about the same topic. So you did have the one about Mr. You know, no, my husband isn't playing Mr. Mom. He's actually a parent. He's a father. He's doing a normal father things. But, and I think men, I mean, like, honestly, like men should be just as insulted. Yeah. Right. right? Like my husband really is because I work in construction. I sometimes do work late. I try to have really good work-life balance because I think that's another passion of mine in this field. Regardless of your gender, everybody should have work-life balance. But, you know, sometimes construction happens. Sometimes I have to work until six o'clock. And my husband during the week sometimes feels like the primary caregiver to our son. He handles a lot of things in our house. He does a lot of the cleaning. And I will forever appreciate that because he does, he's also an engineer actually, but he works from home mostly. So he has the ability to be able to pick up the house, be able to go and get our son from daycare and things like that. And I shouldn't feel lucky, but I do because I have a very adequate or competent partner. I wish more people had that. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a video that you have. It actually caught me by surprise the first time I saw it because I didn't like really see it coming, but it was like things I do before leaving my toddler with my husband. (laughs) And the way that like these videos usually go is that it's, it's like a mom blogger trying to like help people out by like, you know, set up some sandwich things for your husband to make a sandwich yeah. <laughs> or whatever. But your punchline or, you know, your moral of the story is absolutely nothing because competent parents know their child's needs. Like, right. This should be so obvious, but that's what makes it funny is yeah. that it's, we assume it's the opposite, but actually, no, they really should know that. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I really liked doing that video. And and literally what prompted me to do that video was I somehow got on that side of TikTok where it's like, this is what I do to prepare my husband to take care of our kids while I go on a a girl. And it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like endless ideas. Just watch all those, (laughs) just watch all those videos and then react to them. Right. Yeah. Your, your biggest video so far that I think you can correct me, but I think it's the one for advice for new engineers, right? I have other bigger videos, but I don't like them as much. I have a really viral video that got millions of views, but it was more of a funny thing. My three pinned videos are ones that didn't do that well, but I felt were important. You said advice for new engineers. Yeah. If you're an engineer watching this or listening to this, don't think that you know everything just because you graduated from university, guys, because you really don't know anything. Listen to other people around you, regardless of their degree status or who they work for. If they have experience, you should at least listen to them, hear them out, 
see what they have to say because you can learn a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I think this reminds me of another topic around the issue of diversity in the workplace. We've talked on this podcast and in our communities about like ways to encourage and promote diversity in the workplace, right? So one of the ways that's been brought up is that if, and I, I think you mentioned this in one of your videos, is that if a certain level isn't really needed in a job, it should be removed from the job description to open it up to more different types of people. So if there's no university degree really required for a certain job, let it be like an apprenticeship. Like you don't always have to have a college degree to do every type of job. So that's kind of like what it makes me think of that experience is so valuable and we shouldn't only place value on university education. Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. Some of the best inspectors that I've worked with have no degree. Some of them, you know, started off as a tester with some lab experience, just doing materials testing on site and eventually moved their way up to inspection. And at my company, I don't know how common this is, but at least at the company that I work for, we have two separate paths where one is you can be degreed and licensed and you work your way up to, I think it's construction manager. And then we have a separate path that is still a management path, but it's non-degreed. The thing about that is some clients do require a professional engineer to be on site, but that doesn't mean... Like technically right now, I am the quote project engineer on my site. I have the license, my, the construction manager on my site. So above me does not have a license. So you can work it that way where one of you is licensed. The other one isn't but Yeah, like you don't necessarily have to have a degree in, and at least at some company, you do have a path to management and it's straight up experience based. Because experience is a lot more powerful in a lot of ways than a degree is. Yeah, and I think more and more employers are starting to recognize that, especially with the advent of D&I departments at companies. I was talking to Hannah Weaver, who's an automotive instructor. She's the first female automotive instructor at her community college where she works. Oh, wow, that's all. Awesome. Yeah, and we were talking about ways to bring more women into the field, and she has a great male ally who is like the head of the college or the head of the department over there. And they like actually went through the criteria when they're hiring people, they actually went through the criteria and took a new look at it, like with fresh eyes, like, why do we need this, you know, as part of our hiring criteria? This is like an area where more men are funneled into. Maybe we don't need this, you know, because it's weeding out women, things like that. So I think it's, for that reason. That is excellent. Yeah, I definitely agree with that too. And especially with the male allies. Right now, as I said, Bridget, she was my first boss. And obviously a woman, she was a, a mentor to me. But since then, I've had only male mentors. And just finding a mentor is just so incredibly important. As a woman, sure, it's excellent if you can find a woman mentor. And there are women's groups out there that concentrate on that. But also, if you could just find any mentor 
within your company that you work for, it can be such a game changer to you. And it can really accelerate your career and make you get to know other people. Because at least in this industry, for me, I go from project to project. My projects are 12 to 18 months. I hardly ever go into our physical office. I have a field office and that's it. So I don't know a lot of the people in my office. I just know my project team. But I have people that I know that I can reach out to and they give me sound, solid advice. And they can even give me technical advice too because they all work in construction. They all have 20, 25, or 30 years of experience too. So finding a mentor, whether that be male or female, within your company, I find is just super important. So we talked a little bit earlier in the episode about the challenge of keeping women in STEM. Like first we have the challenge of getting them in, then we have the challenge of keeping them in. How can we improve this? What is your your main message of how we can get women to stay in these fields? I know like all your work on TikTok and social media is really around this issue of like educating people about the industry and creating that communities and that sense of bonding among women in the industry so that they can feel that they're not alone. But what are some things that can be done? So for starting off, you getting a really good mentor, doing women's groups, you know, we have Women of Asphalt, Women in Construction, WTS, which used to be Women's Transportation Seminar. And those are just in my industry, obviously, whatever industry you are in, I encourage you to go and get into a group that is specifically for women. And then also for company-wide and policies, seeing other women in higher positions, in positions of power, in positions of management is really, really powerful for a young woman just entering these industries. So really companies focusing on putting their resources into the younger women or at least male allies that can also pull up women as they go up, I think is incredibly important. And that's something that a company itself can do too. Yeah. Those are three different ways though, that you can really get more women in industry and help them stay in industry. So one thing I just wanted to talk about before we go, because I know we're almost out of time, is it can be really hard to have a personality on social media, to have a presence on social media when you're talking about issues that, for whatever reason, are controversial. (laughs) Like, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that women in construction would be a controversial issue, but ridiculously it is, right, in some ways, because you have people... Anytime that you get up and mention something, not you, but like anyone gets up on social media and mentions something about women in like a certain industry, you're going to get pushback from some people. Some people just like to cause trouble on the internet. You have a video where, and this one really stuck with me because it shows me like what you're doing. It's not easy. You know, it's not easy all the time. You had said like, I've had a lot of people following me recently, a lot of men following me recently. I have no idea like where they're coming from, because I don't have a viral video at this particular moment. So why the sudden influx of male followers? And I think the concern was maybe they were there to troll you. And you said, if you're not a supporter, just get off my page because you're not going to like it here. And 
you know, I have to really admire you for that because it is very brave to put yourself out there and speak out, you know, on these issues that a lot of people would rather just keep to themselves, you know, and, and not say anything. When I say that, I'm talking about the men too, because a lot of times the men would rather not show their support. You know, they just, they, they'll tell you in private that they support you, but they won't put it out there on social. So has it been worth it for you? 100%. I get a lot of DMs on Instagram saying, thank you so much for talking about this. I've had a few younger engineers reach out to me asking if I could just meet with them for an hour or so just to talk about things. I'm always happy to do that. I see it that even though I don't have that big of an audience, I see the impact no matter how small that I'm making. I also see the impact that the community in general is making too. You know, there's a few bigger accounts where if you read through the comments, there's these young women that are, I'm a senior in college about to graduate with an engineering degree. And this video is so helpful. Thank you so much. So it's something people troll you, but also the block button is really easy to do. <laughs> if you're there for an actual discussion, I'm totally willing to discuss things, but if you're just going to troll, it's like, no, leave. Like <laughs> you're not my target audience anyway. Well, thank you. Bye. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. That's great. And I think you're setting a great example because I think we do need to all get together and stand up, you know, against trolls and, or like not let them get to us as we're out there speaking out in the community about these issues. Yeah. Ellie, uh, not your average engineer on social media. We love knowing you. Your content is great and you really are a part of the change. I know you just said a second ago, my audience isn't that big. Well, I have to disagree with that because some of your videos have tens of thousands. I think you said one of you has millions of views. And even I was talking to Christina Mahler from Crew Collab and she said, like, if you can just change one person's mind or affect one person, it could have such a, a butterfly effect, you know, on the world. So I think what you're doing is wonderful. And so thank you so much for helping to guide the conversation around women in construction in really important ways. Yeah, well, thank you for the work that you do. I love this podcast. I look forward to listening to it. And I love the shoes that you make too, by the way. <laughs> Your shoes are so great. Which by I love seeing them. On you. I have uh, a question for you. You may have already talked about this. Sure. May have missed it. How did you come up with the name Juno Jones? Like, where'd that name? Oh, from? okay. <laughs> I love. It. I love it. No one's ever interviewed me on my own podcast. <laughs> the name Juno Jones came about when I was trying to think of a name that was like sort of representative of a really strong, powerful, adventurous superhero type woman who is, you know, pioneering new things and not afraid to take on the world. So that's where Juno Jones came from. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. Thank you. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.